Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. I'm preaching a little different today, and this makes me a little bit nervous. Um, You may remember two weeks ago, whenever we had a Sunday of, of manifestation where I didn't even have a message, but the Holy Spirit did a mighty work in here. You guys were just, everybody was in awe about that service. I can't tell you how many comments I got. Um, But I also can't even explain how nervous I was that Sunday because I sat down as I do every Friday before that Sunday and I said, all right, Holy Spirit, let's, you know, put this message together for Sunday. He's like, I don't want you to do a message. It's like, oh, but we got to prepare. I've never shown up to a Sunday service unprepared. Never. I've never shown up to just wing it. I've always had my message prepared until that Sunday was my first time doing that. Then you may remember next week, he let me teach. Man, I haven't taught like that in a long time. And it was so awesome just to teach. That's like where I feel comfortable to get up here and really dive into a subject. And then I sit down this Friday, and uh, he leads me to the book of Ephesians again. I've been in the book of Ephesians for months now. He's like, go read that again. And I was like, surely that's just you know me in a bad habit right now. He's like, no, seriously, go read it again. And as I was in the book of Ephesians, I just he teaches me new things every time I open the book. Ephesians is just so rich and so awesome. And then he showed me, he's like, I want you to go in front of the church on Sunday, read the book of Ephesians. And as I reveal things to you, you can share them with the church. And I have a big note list from when I did this on Friday. I did the same thing. And he says, don't use those notes, so I'm not going to look at them. Because he has something fresh for us today. And I got to thinking about it. It's like back in the day, this used to be normal when the Jews would go to synagogue. Somebody would get up and they would just read scripture and then they would go home. So even if the Holy Spirit only wants me to read you the book of Ephesians today, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to be led. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And before I do that, I want to just make a comment about translations because that can trip people up sometimes. How many of you believe that the King James Version is the only legitimate version of the Bible? You don't have to raise your hand, but I know people think that. Oh, did the Apostle Paul use that one, right? I'm sure he did. And if not the King James Version, maybe the new King James Version. Now, I'm a Rhema graduate, Rhema Bible School, and they only use the new King James Version. And Beth and I can have some arguments about this because she's a pretty staunch new King James type of gal. Um, But... The Holy Spirit is not limited by versions like we are. That's actually just kind of like a re- religious thing that we develop in our minds. Probably somebody told us, like maybe you went to Raymond, you think that that's the only legitimate version of the Bible, but it's just not true. The reality is that all of our Bibles are translations, even the King James Version, even the New King James Version. What we need to rely on is the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. And the Holy Spirit may lead you to one translation, like for whatever reason, Darla has led to the Amplified Version which I think is awful because anytime I read the Amplified Version, I get lost in a second. So many words. I mean, just way too many words. But I think you should listen, or I believe that you should listen to the translation that the Holy Spirit leads you to. And I'll tell you that I found some things in the New Living Translation that I'm like, that's not right. And the Holy Spirit speaks up on the inside of you. And he just says, you know, why don't you go compare that to some of the other translations and go look at it in the Strong's Concordance, and then you can see what I really meant there. So, I... Does that help anybody? Does anybody, have you ever got hung up on translations where you're like, you just sit down and you just get overwhelmed? Like, I don't even know what to read because I don't know. Just roll with it. 
If the Holy Spirit needs to correct you, you will. The, first, the, the most important thing you need to do is say, Holy Spirit, teach me through your word today. And he can use whatever translation is in front of you to do that. All right, so let's start with Ephesians chapter 1. And we're not even going to put it on the screen because I just want you to listen to this today. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. Is that why I'm still in the book of Ephesians? I'm still hearing. So this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You can get something out of that right there. Has anybody ever noticed how confident Paul is that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ? Where does that confidence come from? I hear some good answers out there. The Holy Spirit, he said his experiences with God. If you go back to the book of Acts, what do you read about when Paul, let's call him Saul, before he even met God, he was persecuting and killing Christians, right? And he was on the road to Damascus. God knocked him off and gave him, and, the, and Jesus himself went and met with Paul. He heard Jesus himself. And then what happened? He went blind, and then what happened? They did, but not yet. He had to go somewhere first, right? And he had to wait while he was blind for three days, right? And then what happened? Somebody was led to him. Who was it? Ananias was led to him by the Holy Spirit to go heal his blindness. There were so many experiences that Paul received, and that's what sealed the deal for him. He's like, I know I'm an apostle because Jesus met with me. The Holy Spirit led this person. The Holy Spirit was moving this way and that way. And it's just incredible. But he was confident. And we should all have that confidence in our calling. God, give us those experiences that lead to confidence. And he's writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Who's in Christ in this room? How does God see you? Holy and without, without fault in his eyes. How about you get your eyes to align with his eyes? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He purchased our freedom. It had to be purchased. What does that mean? It means that you had value before you were even saved. Because he had to purchase your freedom. Man. 
he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance. Does it ever like poke out to you when something's repeated? He chose us in advance. He chose us in advance. Not because of your behavior. He wasn't waiting for you to align with. He wasn't waiting for you to act a certain way or to measure up to a certain standard. No, he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. Why don't you rest in that? God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. We've already talked about that. We're in a series about the Holy Spirit. He is our seal and our down payment. It's incredible. There's so much about the Holy Spirit in the book of Ephesians. It's awesome. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have, stopped, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. And I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. There's that word again, inheritance. But it's talking about something different here. Before he was talking about our inheritance, which is heaven. Here he's talk, Here we're talking about God's inheritance, which is us. The, he refers to us as God's rich and glorious inheritance. God views us as his inheritance. Us. <laughs> it's so good. I hope you get a revelation of how God sees you today. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's the power that's available to you. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else except Biden. No. <laughs> How to make sure you're still awake. He is far above it all, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, except for that cancer. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the angels. No, for the benefit of the church. Oh, you got to wait till heaven to access all that. 
And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Remember that? You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Remember that? Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Did he give us life whenever we behaved right? No, this happened long ago when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope, but now. You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Are you far away from God anymore? No, you've been brought near to him. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And he did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and its regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. And together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. So did we replace the Jews? Anybody heard of replacement theology? It's hogwash. We did not replace the Jews. What did the Bible just tell us? We've been united into one people. He took the two groups and he brought us into one group. The Jews are our brothers and sisters. I don't understand how a Christian can hate a Jew. Jesus was one. Every person who contributed to this book that we read was Jew, (laughs) was Jewish. It's the Antichrist spirit that causes people to hate Jews. Don't fall into it. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews 
who are near. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So that reveals something else about the Holy Spirit for us. He is the one who connects us with the Father. The Holy Spirit is the connector. I kind of think of a Wi-Fi connection, right? You have your computer sitting over there. If it's not connected to the Wi-Fi, there's no internet. You have no connection. But as soon as you connect, you have access to everything. And the Holy Spirit works the same way. He is that connection between us and the Father. Praise God. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. (laughs) Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So where does God live? In us, in the body of Christ, right? When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know that God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. But now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We got to stop right there. So God's purpose in all this, uniting the Jews and Gentiles and bringing us into the same family, was to display God's wisdom in his rich variety to who? The unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. God is using the body of Christ to display his wisdom to the rulers and authorities in the unseen world. This means the spiritual realm. There's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm. And apparently there is a leadership structure in the spiritual realm, just like we have a leadership structure here in the physical realm. And God is using us, us, I mean, that makes you giggle a little bit, right? God is using us to display his wisdom to them, the leaders in the spiritual realm. How incredible is that? That's amazing. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you getting an idea of how valuable you are to God and how he really sees you? We've seen it in so many different ways so far. and We're just like two chapters into Ephesians. You are not some worthless human who's barely making it by. 
He does not see you as the lower class of his creation. He's so amazed with you. He's so amazed with us, the body of Christ, that he uses us to display his wisdom to the leaders in the spiritual realm. Come on, get a revelation of this. You should walk out of here with your shoulders higher than they were before. Not in a cocky way, not in an arrogant way, but in knowing who you are in Christ and who you are to God. You are so valuable, so valuable that remember he purchased you with his blood before you were even saved, before you did anything right. He had to purchase you because you already had value before you came to Christ. And now that you've come to Christ, you are God's rich and glorious inheritance. And he's using you to display his wisdom. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. I should have used that a couple years ago. Whenever we were in the midst of the COVID drama and everything else. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. You got to love the way that Paul talks, right? When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, because then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. He doesn't just want you to have life. He wants you to have power. He wants you to have abundant life, and he wants you to have power. And that's why it said that I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he'll empower you with inner strength. Through what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's good. So we're in chapter four now. Are you all enjoying the word? How many of you guys, when you study the word yourself, you study out loud? You read it out loud? Got a few of you. The rest of you, go ahead and start doing that. It's going to help you. Because faith comes by. Okay. There's something about it coming into your ears. I'm telling you. All right, let's keep going. Chapter four. Therefore, I, Paul, I a prisoner for serving the Lord, <laughs> beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. <laughs> now he's bringing the pair, the balance to what he just told us, isn't he? Otherwise, we take what we just heard and we run with it and we end up in arrogance and like all this other nonsense. But he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We got another part to this message. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. <laughs> Anybody had an opportunity to do that? 
being patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Go ahead and nudge your spouse if you need to. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. I don't know. I think we should just wait around and hope that it happens. I hope that unity happens. Maybe it'll just happen by chance. Maybe if we just keep coming, that we'll all become united. Make every effort to become united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. You have many opportunities to get out of peace. You either take the opportunity or you don't. It's your choice. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scriptures say, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. And notice it says that he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. And now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Ah, you'll never measure up. We'll just never get there. I mean, we're always going to sin. And How many of you all have heard a message like that? Well, the Word tells me otherwise. There's a way to measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So I'm going to press into that. We are to press into that. In this scripture that we just read, this little block about how the responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, that was foundational in 2020 to getting us where we are today. Because in the American church growth thing that's going on out there. You can go to all these conferences about growing your church to a mega church and blah, blah, blah. And they teach you to make your church comfortable for everybody. But that's the goal, that church is supposed to be comfortable for everybody. And that you shouldn't mention sin because that makes people uncomfortable. You shouldn't call people to a holier life because that makes people uncomfortable. You shouldn't operate in the gifts of the spirit because that makes people uncomfortable. This is what they're teaching you to grow your church. And then I came here and got corrected by the scripture when it says that the pastor's responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. I'm like, oh, they kind of got that one wrong. (laughs) So I started equipping God's people to do God's work. And then what happened? We're all coming to unity in our faith and our knowledge of God. And we're becoming mature in the Lord. And it won't be long before we measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's where God wants this church to end up to measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Paul said it. I'm reading directly from the Bible. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former ways of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now he's going to get into the practical here. Well, what does that mean, Paul? Let me tell you. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Novel idea. For we're all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. I know, right? So subtle. Instead, let your hands... Use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful (laughs) so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Only say good things. You all right, Beth? We're not just talking about cuss words there. Anything that's not good, you should not ever come out of your mouth. Only good things. Yeah, but I got to tell my husband what he did wrong. How'd that go last time? But I got to tell my wife what she did wrong. If I don't tell her, she won't know. How'd that go last, last time? It didn't go well. Good things. Good things. What can you say to encourage your husband, to encourage your wife? Oh, man, it's a battle in the mind. Hmm. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You've probably heard that scripture before. And people will tend to use that to kind of like shame you into living the right way. But I think what he's really trying to tell us there is, hey, the Holy Spirit's with you all the time. Even when you're living like hell, the Holy Spirit's right there. He's grieved, but he's still with you. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. And like I said last week, that's why you feel so terrible after you get saved when you go and do something you're not supposed to, because the Holy Spirit is grieving on the inside of you. And so you grieve. You used to be able to get away with it, but now something happened. Maybe we should use that for an altar call for people to... Be born again. You're going to grieve whenever you sin next. (laughs) It's a good thing, though, because it gets us out of the darkness. 
Now remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Woo, it's a guarantee, y'all. You're going to be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Oh, man, I love that he threw greed in there with that. Because so many people, you know, if you haven't struggled with the sexual immorality thing, you kind of have a hard time understanding the people that do struggle with that. But I can guarantee you there's probably a little bit of greed somewhere in your life. And guess what? Paul just grouped all those together as if sexual immorality and greed have the same consequence, have the same level of consequence. So don't puff yourself up with pride because you don't struggle with sexual immorality. Get it out of your life. No sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Man, he's harping on that greed. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God falls on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and bright and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Oh, we're going to have to put some effort into that. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Uh, Ignore them. Uh, Be quiet about, don't say anything because it might hurt somebody's feelings. Expose them. Not to shame people, but to let them know what's going on in their life and how to find freedom. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Go hide and wait for Jesus to come back. (laughs) make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You should press in and pursue and find out what the Lord wants you to do until you find it. Don't give up on it. Lord, what do you want me to do? And if you don't know, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And keep pressing him and pressing him and pressing until you know what he wants you to do. Because if you seek him, you'll find him. And I'm reminded of this every time my kids... Ask me over and over and over, Dad, can I have this? 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 Dad, can I have And finally I say, yes! You can have it. Do that to the Lord. We are his children after all. Seek him and you'll find him. Y'all don't be drunk with wine or beer or vodka or any of that stuff. 
the spirits. They call them spirits, and so I'd stay away from that. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ah, we have something that's even better than being drunk. I've never been drunk, so I don't even know what to compare it to. But you all who have been there, press in and say, I want some of that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm guessing that people drink to like escape their current reality, right? Because it kind of gives you a break from what you're going through. Is that it? Something like that? I got a thumbs up. So that tells me that being filled with the Holy Spirit takes away all those worries and cares and things like that. You don't, need the, you don't need to get drunk. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's got some freedom for you. Amen. This is so good. We might as well finish. I mean, we're almost to the end. I was going to say, let's stop right there, but let's not stop. Let's finish. We're going to get some relationship advice, which is appropriate because Tuesday's Valentine's Day. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives. This means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. That's a popular message. It's really popular. But it's a good one. It works. God's, hey, did you all know this? God's way works like it works. All right, husbands, you're not off the hook. Here you go. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Wow. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, She will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife is actually showing love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. The key to a healthy marriage. So simple. Husbands love, wives respect. Children, not leaving you out. (laughs) Obey your parents. We actually talk to our kids about this often. Did you know that obeying us comes with a blessing? (laughs) Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. You should teach your kids this. They're, They're not too young to understand. They should know why they should obey you. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Where's the instruction for moms in that? Why the dad's got to be called out? 
Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. We have a hard time understanding this section because there's no really slaves like this going on anymore, but you could easily interpret this, say, employees, obey your employer with deep respect and fear. So you can't just cross over this, but I'm not a slave, so this doesn't apply to me. No, it applies to you. It applies to all of us. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. (laughs) As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one for each one of us for the good that we do, whether we are slaves or free. And masters or employers, treat your employees in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven. He has no favorites. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Our governments, that's what they're controlled by right now. That's why they're acting the way that they do. We're not at war against flesh and blood. Never forget that. It's a spiritual battle. So put on every piece of God's armor so that you will, you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. <laughs> Are we in a time of evil right now? Then after the battle, you will, be, you, will be still, you will still be standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop all the fiery darts of the devil. Put on your salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. To bring you up to date, Tychius will give you a full report about what I'm doing and how I am getting along. He is my beloved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know that we are doing, how we are doing, and to encourage you. So peace be with you, my dear brothers and sisters. And may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon you, all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Can't you just like see Paul writing that in prison? You guys ever, whenever you study, you should envision like what's just how Paul's writing. It just helps it come alive to you. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that your word, as we hear it, stirs up our faith. And brings us up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's what we want to do. We're on that journey. We're not looking back. The only way to move forward is to not look back. Some of you have been holding on to your past or you've been, you've been letting that keep you at a standstill. You've been in shame. You've been in regret. 
you think you have to pay for what you did, but that's not the truth. You have to throw, throw that stuff off. You have to move forward and never look back. When you make a mistake, you repent, you turn the other way, you turn back towards God and you move forward. You don't stop. So I break that shame in Jesus' name and I command it to go. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.